0: I confess, I had a threesome during quarantine. It strengthened our relationship. I confess, sometimes when he's dominating me, he'll say, Come for me, but I'm really coming for me. I confess, I slept with my ex girlfriend's mother out of spite. But it ended up in a six-month sexual awakening for me. I still masturbate to memories of her.
1: Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a storytelling show based in Austin, Texas. Whether the stories are funny, informative, political or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Welcome to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. I'm Bedpost producer Sadie Smythe. This week we are featuring a story from our first ever digital show. While we missed not having a live audience, it was an absolute thrill to have people tuning in from Australia, Germany, Canada, and all across the USA. Our September 2020 show centered around the theme, Going Down. For this show, we welcomed longtime Bedpost Confessions attendee and first-time Bedpost performer, Auburn Olivia. We love this kind of convert, and we think you will too. Auburn's story, Enough, digs into what it's really been like dating in Austin when you're black and non-monogamous. Here's Auburn. Auburn.
2: I am twenty-two when I get engaged to the white man who took my virginity. I do not subscribe to the notion of virginity at thirty-three. Fuck the patriarchy, fuck heteronormativity, fuck Hyman's. But at twenty two I have lost something. I'm not sure what but I know it is gone. I am divorced in a year. I joined OkCupid and for the first time, I date. My dates are mostly white. I am asked by friends and family and strangers on the internet if I only date white people. No. I answer, but I feel the shame and the anger and the fear behind the question. Thoughts like seeming anti-black, having internalized hatred, being not black enough. I hold white hands and kiss white lips and wonder if this makes me a bad person. I wonder what they would say to my mother about the white man that she married. It's not that I don't have a choice, but I live in the city of Austin. Realize what it means. Words like expansion, booming housing market, gentrification so anyway I date I fuck I get attached too quickly become the other woman I am stalked I am sexually assaulted twice I am not as safe with my body as I could be because I don't love it as much as I should I feel like a slut and in a monogamous world nobody wants a slut. It is suggested that my blackness makes me a slut. That it's genetic, like my ass. The first time I am called a slut I am 12 years old and wearing blue jean shorts that I have outgrown and I have very long legs. A young white man in a muscle car calls me a slut and a bitch. I say nothing because I am terrified and I am in elementary school. I still flinch sometimes when strange white boys get too close. After a year of dating, I meet my now husband. He is successful, handsome, worldly, white. His story is the ugliness of a controlling, abusive relationship that he despaired of ever escaping, and he will never, ever be monogamous again. So I decide I will not be either. This is a battle of wills for years. Deeply held beliefs on monogamy fighting mightily against the seed of belief that I can do this. I hook up with men who aren't looking for anything serious. I have awkward threesomes with girls who are deeply uncomfortable with the idea of my black pussy. I look at the women my husband sees and wonder what they have that I don't. I know I'm not enough, I tell him. Now, not every woman that my husband dates is white. I have feelings about this because I have feelings about everything. I assume the white women are better than me, but the non-white women feel like direct competition because what if I'm not black enough? My husband does not understand the insecurity, the discomfort, the jealousy. He tells me, go to therapy. Fuck you, I want to say. I go to therapy. In therapy, I talk about how women say I'm intimidating, and I wonder what part my blackness plays. In this city, I am like another species. I stand silent with eyes so dark that the pupils disappear into an unreadable blackness, and I do not smile. People see a quiet woman with brown skin, crazy hair, and an unreadable but surely cunty expression. Some women, though, they think I'm sexy. They like my mystery. They see my suit of armor and they want to know why I wear it. One woman asks me what being black and mixed means. I tell her that it means I am privileged and lonely, black and not black enough. But being non monogamous makes you a minority, so I approach the poly groups with optimism. People who live outside of the norm will be safe. You might think that. You are wrong. Being part of the poly community in Austin is at best an uncomfortable experience on the fringe, at worst a toxic, unhealthy environment. Full of drama and in groups, and people who tell me that being poly makes you more evolved and they cannot be racist. (laughs) But being black only highlights how often I am unseen or seen and judged. I am told I use my blackness for attention. Now, anytime I walk into a room in Austin, I am the subject of attention. This is not vanity. This is blackness. Here is a short list of times that my blackness causes attention. I am using the race card when I bring up race. And I'm called racist for it. I am lectured by white people about the black race, Mother Africa, and Nubians. I'm fetishized at sex parties, on dating apps, on public group posts. When I ask group administrators how they handle racism in the community, I'm kicked out of their groups. A man asks me out. When I say no, he tells me that he's not interested in no nigger anyway. But mostly I'm accused of stirring things up. There are so few of us who are black and brown in this community. I ask Is this your experience? Voices echo the same, and worse, talking about race seems inevitably to hurt white feelings and to alienate brown bodies. I leave that community after years of pain. I turn away and I do not look back. I am not sad or angry or anything really. Except done. It is not designed for me to belong. In one of my couple's therapy sessions about navigating non monogamy, my therapist asks, It must be harder for you being a black woman. I cry because it has taken until my thirties to willfully admit that yes, it is harder. It's harder all the time. I cry for myself and for my brothers and sisters with a heavier burden than mine. I cry for being a part of this and also for being alone my husband holds my hand while I cry. He knows now that Blackness infuses every conversation, every thought, every action. How for me, this will always be harder. In Trump's America, white people have become more dangerous. I don't want them to notice me, to touch me, They find it uncomfortable that I won't stop talking about race. They think I am sensitive. I am not sensitive. I am thinking about being 12 again on the summer camp bus and a girl convinces several white children to spit on me over and over again until I am covered with it while my friends pretend not to see. All I care about is Six Flags and Animorphs and Lunchables and they are spinning on me. I do not know then that it is because I am black. At 12, I don't understand the aggressions Macro or micro, the hair touching, you're so smart, you talk so well, how do you say your name again? Most girls I know are white and prettier than me. I don't know what to do with my ashy elbows, my sweaty thunder thighs, my mess of tangled hair. It's mixed girl hair, but not the good kind. I don't remember exactly when I realized that I am treated differently because of my skin color, that I will feel inadequate for three decades because of it. So in my choice to have white partners, I wonder if I have lost some sense of identity, of belonging, among my black friends and family and strangers on the internet if I'm marked in some way by letting white people in I wonder if I am asking for it this lack of belonging I do not know if I should let myself be loved by one more person who will not ever really understand. But I do, and I have, and I will again. I tell my white partners that I am more uncomfortable being with them than I have ever been in my life, that race will always be present, and to accept me is to accept that And I wait. And if they cannot accept it, then I can let go. Because at 33, I must accept that I am enough.
3: I confess that I took a mental health day and I decided to masturbate the whole day. Girl, same, like just, <laughs> just 100% <laughs> same, you know, just raw, get it raw, you know, like,
0: uh, oh, you gotta do that. Oh, I love <laughs> mental health and masturbation. People yeah. need to like, pair those two and talk about them. The pair Yeah. Often. <laughs> All right, I confess COVID 19 has been a literal cock block. My husband and I were finally ready to start introducing male-on-male play. And then boom, pandemic.
3: Ugh, bummer. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, something to look forward to on the other side of this, I feel like. Yeah,
0: even more thirsty for that.
3: (laughs) Okay, so I confess. I'm an artist, and I always liked how the soft bristles on my paintbrushes were. Last night, I dipped one of my paintbrushes in coconut oil, and I painted my pussy with it. It felt almost as good as oral. And that is, you know, every day I learn something new. And that <laughs> that is a revelation, I feel like. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. I've yeah. never heard of that before. Have you?
3: No, but you know what? I I bet if someone eats you out afterwards, it tastes really good too. Yes, it's so brilliant.
0: It's like all moisturized, yeah, and just ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> delicious! Lots of new information. Um, okay, I confess, I am a nurse that masturbates at work during my twelve-hour shifts. <sighs> Sometimes, multiple times. And for that, I say, fuck, yeah, you do. You are doing a really hard job, especially <laughs> now. Fuck, that's so good.
3: I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's related to the mental health post that we, you know, just got to.
1: Auburn Olivia is a black, queer geek girl living, working, and playing in Austin, telling her personal stories through writing and modeling, and focusing on diversity and inclusion efforts in professional spaces. To support the show, consider purchasing an I Confess t-shirt available at bedpostconfessions.com. Follow at Bedpost on Instagram and Facebook for more audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Sadie Smythe, and Miranda Wiley. Our podcast team is Mariah Gossett, Mike Garcia, and Permanent Record Studios. And the podcast could use a little help. If you could please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a little comment about what you like about the show, we'd appreciate it. Until next time, keep confessing.